as I walked through the wilderness of this world, I came upon a certain place where there was a den, and I lay down in that place to sleep, and as I slept, I dreamed a dream. I dreamed, and behold, I saw a man clothed with rags, standing with his face turned away from his own house, with a book in his hand, and a great burden upon his back. This is the beginning, the first few sentences of the Pilgrim's Progress, uh, which is an incredible story. Um, it's all about a journey from this world to that which is to come. And uh, it, apart from the Bible, at least at one time, uh, was the best-selling book in the English language, wasn't it? So yeah. um, it's um, been long read by and has influenced um, many, many thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and uh, it continues to bless Christians in every generation, doesn't it? And so we, um, in this new series, are going to be going through this story, The Pilgrim's Progress, and that's how it begins. Those are the first few sentences. And so um, this is a Cornerstone Church uh, podcast, and uh, I'm here with Rory. Hello. Ben. Hello. Pete. Hello. And uh, I'm Tom, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna plod through this story really, and try to uh, enjoy all the Christian truth that it that it teaches us. Um, how many times have you read this? Would you um, say? I, I mean, hard to. Lots. Probably five times. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I, wish I want to read it again. I, I think. I mean, we just read through that first part of the chapter, and it, it's gorgeous writing, isn't mm. it? I mean, it's it's not just plodding bad writing. I mean, mm. you've got to remember, this is a bloke who was uneducated and was in prison most mm. of his, well, a lot of his life. Mm. It is, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it, mm. how talented Bunyan was, yeah. really. And the writing is very beautiful, I thought, when we just read that through. Mm. But, yeah, sorry, that's about the, the sort of yeah. style, but it, it, it's, it, it's, is very, it is very good. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you, Ben or Rory, remember the first, either time you read it or were introduced to it? Um, I remember being introduced to a children's version when I was younger, and there are some really good children's sort of things, aren't there, out there of it, translations and things. Um, and it's very visual, isn't it? He's he's a he's a master communicator, mm. Bunyan, and he was he was just so good at painting a picture and using things in nature to help you see what's going the, on. The scripture, isn't it? And the scriptures, yeah. 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 So I just remember being taken up with like pictures whilst the story's being told and things so yeah i mean spurgeon was said to have read it 200 times i don't quite know why because he had a sort of um <laughs> you know he met him he remembered everything he read really uh, uh one time over but he he loved it and he would he would say that um he talked about bunyan you know prick bunyan anywhere and his blood was bibline the bible would come out in you know graphic ways yeah one of our memories is actually Pete reading it on, on recording. <laughs> so um, my brothers particularly, they remember listening to it. On cassette. On cassette. And then they met met Pete when we went on our, on our Camp Contagious. Um, so that was quite a, a moment. We also had a board game. Did anyone ever have a board game? No. It was like a... It was a game where you you had to journey on to the to really? the, yeah, the celestial city. Yeah, it was brilliant. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should get that going. <laughs> it's probably all out of. I don't think. Uh, yeah, production it won't be woke, would it? Because <laughs> if you land on adultery, you'll go straight to hell or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was something like that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, look, we're just gonna um, we're just gonna start. Um, 
at, at the beginning. And uh, the the first title um, is the City of Destruction. And uh, as I said in the introduction, so here is uh, here is a character. He's walking through the wilderness of this world. He falls asleep and he dreams. And in his dream, behold, he sees a man clothed with rags, standing with his face turned away from his own house, which is just interesting even to start with, isn't it? That there's this man is beginning to part with the world. You know, his face is turned from his house. Something's happening with him. And uh, he's got a book in his hand and a great burden on his back. Mm. And uh, he's been reading it. He's weeping. He's trembling. And unable to contain himself, he bursts out saying, what shall I, what shall I do? Um... So what's going on here? Um, how would we try to... I think everything about this is, is so brilliant. Mm. You know, um, all the things that he, he, he even loves in this world um, have now become sort of things that he uh, is, see, is seeing error in. Mm. So dirty clothes mm. and rags and rags. So... Everything he does, everything he puts on, um, is is full of sort of dirty rags. Even his uh, family, he sees as not satisfying him, or uh, that that they're not they're not the place of safety that mm. he thought they were, and security, and his house, mm. and his money, and mm. and all of that. Um, is is a brilliant image of a man coming. Actually, it's a, it's a very Matrix thing, isn't it? If you've seen the film mm. Matrix, he's he's seeing now the world for what it is. Mm. That he's entrapped in something that he would have seen glory in and beauty in and safety in, and now everything is not safe, and everything is under a cloud uh, of judgment and. It's clicking in his mind. It's mm. brilliant mm. imagery. Mm. Yeah, it's a little bit like um, the the recent film "Don't Look Up" as well. If you've seen or if you know that film, because that's a film where uh, there's a sort of meteor coming towards Earth, and there's an impending judgment coming, and some people believe it and are aware it's happening and cannot find rest and are trying to tell other people about it, but no one sort of believes them or no one's that fussed by them. But they can't sleep. They can't eat. Um, and th- similar things going on with with this character. He he sees something coming towards, hurtling towards him, and he he says to his family, "We must escape." Mm. Yeah. So the the book the book that he's reading um, is is the Bible, mm. um, and the burden on his back is uh, is a sense of his own guilt. Um, you know, and he's feeling increasingly weighed down. So this book that he's reading is bringing him under a state of conviction. You know, he, he's realising that he's not right with whoever wrote this book, you know. Um, and more than that, that the, the judgment, and it's described as a fire from heaven, is coming upon the world and upon him. And it's very moving because he, he, he's, he's, he's growing in this sense of fear and he goes home to his family and he's very agitated and distressed and they're coming around saying what's what's gone on you know what's the matter and he's saying you know my my darling my sweet babes you know fire from heaven is falling upon this book is going to fall upon this place what must we do you know 
And they, of course, don't understand his distress. They think he's deranged. That's the word that um, Bunyan uses. And that all he needs is an early night (laughs) and a warm mug of cocoa. And hopefully in the morning he'll wake up and he will have come out of his funk, you know. And yet, unfortunately, the night is worse than the day, you know, because he's lying asleep at night and he just cannot shake this sense of... um, this sense of conviction. And that I think that's exactly mm. what the world does, though, isn't it? Mm. So it thinks that us, uh, you know, preaching a gospel that there's judgment coming, or uh, that, that that even with shame, what does the world do with shame? It doesn't like shame. You're never meant to shame anyone, or you're never meant to feel ashamed. Be proud of yourself. Mm. And it, it sort of tries to churn, <laughs> turn round, doesn't it? There's, I remember hearing... Um, uh, on Radio Four some years ago, about a, a young boy, and they, they sort of they 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 took this on as a sort of um, you know to to do do a program on how he he felt this sense of woe. He was only young. He felt this sense of woe, and and just exactly like this. And the whole thing uh, was the psychologists and psychiatrists and stuff were trying to say, oh no, we need to uh, show him happiness. We need to. Um, to answer that sense of woe with trying to not have this sense of shame and stuff, accept himself himself and all of that sort of stuff. And that's what the world does, doesn't it? And and Anne and myself, my wife and myself, were listening to that, thinking, no, actually, this is where you need the gospel. You need to show him, actually, he's right, this kid, Mm. in where he is. Um, But there is hope in Christ, in the gospel. This is where he needs to go. But people, we don't like this anymore. No, we don't. And it's interesting how... um, you know, if you talk to people who have become followers of Jesus, oh, oh yeah, you okay? We've got a we've got a choking incident here in the live lounge. Um, yeah. um, we're just going to give Pete a minute to recover. Um, but if you talk to people who have become Christians um, out of non-Christian families. Um, this is often the thing that they say. You know, they start wanting to go to church every Sunday. They start using phrases like my church family and words like you're fanatical or you've got in with a cult or you've deranged or your mind has gone. They still use those kind of words. Um, and that's exactly what's that's what's happening here, isn't it? Uh, and the interesting thing about this is that he um, he's, he's drawn to the book, yeah. which is threatening him with judgment and exposing his sin, and yet he can't stop reading it. There's a sort of sense that it's like it's got a magnetism about it. Um, So even after all of that, he wakes up and he's back in the field solitarily, uh, Bunyan says, on his own. He's out reading it, and he can't sort of um, leave it, even though he knows that to read it is only to increase his sense of guilt and um, terrify him, really, and yet he, he knows there's truth in it. That's the thing, and... There must be an answer somewhere, I think. Yeah, he's, he's been brought to an end of himself, hasn't mm. he? It's, a, it's an amazing sort of what, what Bunyan's doing here with this man because you can feel his fear. You can feel his distress. You can see like even that fear of, my, I've got a predicament here. I'm going to die. My family, my loved ones are going to die. I need an answer here. Mm. Uh, so I guess he knows that the answer must be in the same place where the, the judgment, yes. yeah, the yeah. judgment is being yeah, told yeah. about. Yeah. It's interesting that, sorry about the coughing, <coughs> I swallowed some Coca-Cola the wrong way. <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's interesting that Jordan Peterson uh, uh, talks about anxiety and, and stuff. And one of the things he says is that actually we should be more anxious because we're going to die. You know, uh, it, it's sort of let's not cover this up. And, you know, it's even interesting that people like him are saying that. Mm. I remember uh, being at one church where I was uh, um, running the youth group and um, one of the girls uh, became a, actually became a follower of Jesus and was a delightful girl, you know, uh, and really, really sort of nice and nice to her parents. But her parents wrote us a letter uh, saying, what are we doing with her child? Because she's not like normal children. Mm out down the nightclub getting drunk mm. and they were complaining about that and it's just sort of interesting isn't it that uh, that people are, are actually they, they, they think the way that you find happiness is through staying in this world that's under condemnation mm. and finding pleasures within it mm. yes and it's uh, it's very real isn't it I mean there's um as I say, his family are trying to comfort him in his distress. And there's this moving line where it says, uh, in that fearful catastrophe, both myself with you, my wife, and you, my sweet babes, shall come to miserable ruin unless some way of escape can be found whereby we may be delivered. Um, you know, so he's looking his kids in the eye and he's saying that. I mean, he loves them. Of course he does. He loves them. He's their dad and, you know, he's a husband. But... He recognises that they are living within a reality that is bigger than themselves, and there are there is a God, and there is something coming, and um, they need to find a way of escape. That's that's how it's put. Um, and is this the Bible? Do you think is this what we're this is what the Bible says? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we already said that, haven't we? <laughs> interesting that he reads it, and he needs someone to explain to him what to do. It was quite often the case, isn't it, when people read scripture, they come under some kind of conviction of something, and yet they don't understand all the pieces of the puzzle, and they need someone often to help them. I think about Philip and the eunuch. So you've got the story in Acts where uh, a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch, is reading scripture, but he doesn't understand it. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? Um, and so he gets that there's enough that... He understands enough about what he's reading that 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 judgment is coming, but he does he can't quite work out what the solution is, and that's why he's so distressed. Um, yeah. so and you had a along, yes. Yeah. Well, no, sorry, you had a um, a helpful psalm, didn't you? There was a yes. Yeah, can't so remember where it was from, but it's Psalm thirty-eight four says, "For my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden; they weigh too much for me." Mm. Bunyan's right in that. Mm. In other words, I feel my sin, I mm. feel my guilt, mm. and it's like this great burden, on, and that's the image, obviously, that Bunyan uses, this huge um, burden on his back. Mm. And it's that burden that he believes will take him to hell itself, mm. so he won't get through Judgment Day, he's sure mm. of it, he's reading through through other scriptures that show him that. Mm. Mm. Um, and this is what the... It's part of how I think particularly these these old writers understood the function of the law, isn't it? That, um, you know, as you read the Old Testament law and compared yourself to God's perfect moral standards and the things that he commanded of people, you know, the law was there to convict of sin and to uh, show us that we need a saviour. Um, 
and that's how that's how Paul speaks about it in Romans and Galatians, isn't it? That uh, that it serves as a spotlight just to shine upon our hearts and reveal how far short we've fallen of God's standards, and that we could never, by our own obedience, fulfil the demands of the law, and so we just become more convicted, and are therefore pointed to the Saviour, um, which is what he needs. So he's out. So he's out in the field, and uh, as you, as you were uh, going on to Pete, he meets evangelist. And um, he's he's reading the book as has become his habit, and he cries out, "What shall I do to be saved?" Which is a verse from Acts sixteen, yeah. isn't it? So it's the Philippian jailer, you know, and uh, he's saying to Paul and Silas, isn't he? There, what what must I do to be saved? Um, and uh, and, and it, I mean, the Philippian jailer is seeing a sort of earthquake coming and everything collapsing yeah, around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's coming, very similar to the mm. destruction happening, isn't it? Is yeah. it also, it reminds me of what they say in Acts, is it two, when they say, what must we do? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which is what he says first, isn't it? Mm. Pilgrim says, what must I do? And mm. then later he says, what must I do to be saved? So there's kind of a, there's a sort of a progression in his crying out, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And this is, I mean, the, 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 the thing about this story is that we've already commented on the quality of the writing, but there's no um, wasted details here. I mean, everything, you know, is worthy of discussion. So he says, I saw also that he looked this way and that <laughs> as if he wanted to run. Yes. Yet he stood still, yes. because yeah. as I perceived, he could not tell which way to go. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's brilliant, so isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's convicted. He knows he needs to escape, but he's got no idea which way to run. And yeah. um, I guess that's just partly saying, look, you know, we need someone to explain yeah. the solution to us because all the ones that the world offers, the things that we might look to to try to absolve ourselves of guilt or to satisfy us. It's all like, well, I could run that way, but oh no, that's not going to work. And I could run that way, oh, well, that hasn't really delivered. And that, you know, and um, so he's. And he can't there. find it in himself. No. You know, he, he's, he's. What was the line? This is neither not, not willing or able, or, or, isn't it? Some kind of line like that, mm. Bunyan writes. He's, mm. he's not able to, to do, to get yeah. rid of this bird. Is that mm. after Evangelist asks him, why haven't you moved? Mm. Yes. Because he says, he says, I feel this judgment's coming. And Evangelist says, well, why what are you, are you doing here? here? Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's Evangelist, yeah. So he, he appears, and, and we'll see, he crops up a number of times in the story. Um, and uh, Evangelist says, why, what's all the fuss about, basically? <laughs> yeah. why, are you, why are you raised hollering like this? He says, why are you crying out? And he says, sir, I realise by the book in my hand that I am condemned to die and after that to come to judgment. And I find that I am not willing to do the first, yes. not willing to die, die. nor able, able to do the second. Yes. I can't come to judgment, you know. Yes. So yeah. he's in um, he's in a dilemma. He's in a dilemma. Um, and then Evangelist, instead of kind of pointing him to the solution, yeah. wants him to just stew a little bit and says, it's why like, are you not willing to die? <laughs> you know, yeah. What's your problem? Are you not... Yes. Have you not sorted that yet? Yeah. It's basically what he's saying, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's not getting and, uh, <laughs> ways to live out immediately, is he? Or... No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he says, you know, because I fear that this burden upon my back will sink me lower than the grave and I shall fall into hell. And so if I'm not fit to die, then I'm sure that I'm not fit to go to judgment and from thence to execution. Um, And so Evangelist does his job and says, flee from the wrath to come. That's right. So he, he doesn't try to... You know, say, oh no, you're all right. You know, you'll be fine and just calm down and try and do a good a few good things mm. in the church or with your family or stuff. No, mm. you're right. Flee. Mm. Flee from the wrath of God. Mm. And that is evangelist's job, mm. isn't it? Mm. 
And people are angry by that because one, how dare you say I'm under wrath? And, yeah. You know, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's fleeing, don't look back as well, isn't it? It's yeah. So similar to Lot and his mm. wife mm. And, and daughters to flee from Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, sure. Don't look back. Uh, get away from evil. If you look back, then you're in danger. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. And then he says, "There's the narrow gate." That's right. Yeah. Run for that. Yes. You can't see it. No, that's right. So he says, can you see it? He says, no. And, and then, then Evangelist sort of, replied... And then he preaches this sort of game, doesn't he? Yes, he says, well, okay, do you see the the yonder shining light? I and he I says, I it. think I do. Yeah. <laughs> and Evangelist said, um, and in one sense, this is a motto for the whole Christian life, isn't it? Keep that light in your eye. Mm. Um, and run to it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't understand everything. You can't see it, everything. Uh, uh, but 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 that's but that's the way to go, um, and it, it's it's a bit like that, isn't it? That people need you know not not just one sermon. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not just a one-off thing. This is it. It's yeah. the evangelist has to keep saying, yeah. um, and, and and actually that's what a good evangelist does, isn't it? Okay, you don't understand the narrow gate. You don't see the narrow gate. But um, look, you see these truths. You've got a burden on your back. You're feeling that you're sinking. You understand that there's a hell and judgment coming, um, but there's a little light here. Do you, do you see? Do you understand a little bit about the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ? Well, come on, make that step. Move that way. Yeah. Get get. Don't not move that way. Yeah. Don't go home. Don't yeah. think about it in one. Well, to think about it, but don't uh, leave it. Yeah. Keep moving in that direction. This is mm. a very great advice, isn't mm. it? It is, and he's then he's then got a decision to make, really. And um, I'm in the bit at the end. I think is what people would say is fanatical, you know. So he he goes home. Uh, no, rather he doesn't go home. He begins to run, and he'd not run very far from his own door before his wife and children. I mean, come on, it's it's quite moving, isn't it? Seeing him depart, began to shout after him to return. Yeah. And he puts his fingers in his ears to block out their noise. And he says, life, life, eternal life. And then the last bit of this section is, so he did not look behind him, but fled towards the middle of the plain. Um, And, you know, Jesus does talk like that, doesn't he? You know, that the the gospel and the message of the gospel um, can even bring division um, into the closest of earthly relationships. And I think the point of this is to say that, look, once you've come under this conviction and you know the direction you need to go, you really must not let anything hold you back, you know, because, of course, you want them to come. You know, he calls them his sweet babes, you know, so he's not, like, indifferent to them. Um, but, you know, he has to make a break with this world, doesn't he? That's the thing. Um I mean, the, te- the text that um, Bunyan uses, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children Is that and right? sisters, yes, yeah. and even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Yeah. And it's not, not that we literally hate and, you know, no. shun our family, but we, we say Christ is going to be more important. Eternal life in my mm. eternal destination is much more important than anything in this world. Mm. And it's such a, you know... It's a hard choice in, in, in some ways, but in another way, it's the easiest choice in the world. He's also real, though, because he says to them, he says to, the, he says to his family that we will be miserable. We, we will suffer misery if we stay here. Mm-hmm. So he, he's convicted of that. So he, 
someone might say to him, well, why are you leaving your family? Like, surely it's better to just be passive and and do what they want. And, it, and he knows that that won't lead to happiness for anyone. Mm. So if he, you know, they're shouting out, come back, come back. And he knows that if he does come back, it's going to be misery. Mm. And so he... He, he has that in his mind, doesn't he? And, and I wonder sometimes, you know, we, I, he, I think this is the thing, and you see, you do see this with Jesus's evangelism, don't you? That he is upfront about the cost of discipleship mm-hmm. right from the beginning. Um, to follow him is going to be the road to eternal life and living water and satisfaction, but it is to take up the cross, isn't it? There, you, you, you know, and we mustn't lose that. Um, no. In our in our presentation, I mean, we're, we'll see in the next one two, two of his neighbours going after him. Yes, and it's quite interesting that that, that um, you know one that <coughs> the one that sort of says I'll follow. Well, we'll see it next time, uh, but comes back is actually despised in both. He yeah, you know, he's not going to be saved. No, and he's he's not treated with 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 the with the town as if he's mm. you know he's, he's he's a fool sort of thing mm. um and they're they're interesting characters aren't they mm. yeah so what challenges us then about 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 this what's what is it well we're in a world that doesn't like anyone to have a burden mm. uh and we put all kinds of these sort of things down to mental health issues always oh, mm. he's, he's got an issue they're there uh, you know, we're not allowed to have shame. We're not allowed to talk about sin. Uh, it's extraordinary, our mm. world, isn't it? That the, the evangelist of our world is um, go back home, look within, love yourself, isn't love it? Yourself, yeah. That's that's the evangel of our age. This is very very different. Yeah, it's uh, you look within, you find you're a sinner. Yeah, uh, you find that you are unable to please God. Uh, you are under the wrath yeah. of God. You will die, and there is a hell. It's, I know it's, it's very unsettling, isn't unsettling. it? I, it's not a sort of um, here's here's Jesus, and we we want you to know that you can largely keep the comfortable life that you enjoy and sort of have Him as well. It's um, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. Um, you need to fly from the wrath to come. You need to leave everything that is dear to your heart. Basically, um, it's. There's nothing in here that is soothing, um, you know. No. Although it is in the end, but um, yeah, I mean, it would be very interesting reading that chapter out at Joel Austin's church, wouldn't it? See what happens. Mm. <laughs> I don't think you'd be allowed. He'd take you out, wouldn't he? Yeah. I think um, pastorally, uh, we should take a leaf out of evangelist's book. And as we said earlier, not worry so much about making sure someone has understood every point of doctrine. Um, but, you know, encouraging people to just keep moving forward, keep coming back, come back next Sunday and hear a bit more. Come back next Sunday and hear a bit more. You don't understand everything yet. Fine. But come on, let's keep walking. So understanding, I mean, the whole the whole book is a, is a progress, a journey, isn't it? So keeping that in mind. Um and yet, and yet, pointing people towards the light, even if they're very far away from it. Mm. Do you see that light? Do you do you see any hope at all over there? Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll walk towards it then, and trying not to rush people, maybe not getting frustrated, mm. but just encouraging people on. 
Although it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we are, we sort of live in a culture that likes lukewarmness and sort of half-hearted. So, like I think you're saying, you know, okay, carry on with whatever you're doing, and and you can have a little bit of Christianity on the side. But this is like a radical break with the world, isn't it? It's it's like so different. Like run, flee, get rid of the, go away from the old life, and and to the new life and we tend to shy away from radical stuff but this is a radical break from mm. from the old life isn't it and you you do i mean sometimes people will say you know uh people you know this this sort of teaching about sin people first need to understand the love of god you know and they need to know how much god loves them and accepts them and then they'll come to see how um and i guess the truth is that you know if you look at the different ways in which evangelism happens in the bible there isn't only one approach you know to wooing people into the kingdom but um i think this would have a say well the, i mean this starts with sin and judgment and you know i mean the love of god is here in the sense that he's even got the book at all mm. um and the evangelist is coming so that is god's love to him otherwise he would just totally leave him but um you know I mean, in, in part, order to this get is, it, you this need to is Bunyan's it. testimony. He came <clears throat> under conviction of sin when he was playing games on on the Sabbath and so forth, catnap or whatever it's called. Mm. And um, you know, this this was. Um, Did he hear some? Uh, oh, well, that was, that's that when he heard the good news. Okay, he heard yeah. some gossiping women. And, well, he thought they were gossiping, and they were talking about Jesus. But, that, <laughs> but that's the when yeah. he came into the good news. But yeah. his sense of 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 sin and 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 death i mean you know he himself uh was in the army uh and he was supposed to be posted on duty and swapped with a friend who was Mm. killed Mm. Uh, so that would have been bunyan who was killed Mm. and and these things started to impress themselves upon him Mm. but you know the, the, the fact is we've got to remember we are going to die yes and we will be dead and we have to stand before the living god Mm. And, you know, that is a message. We need mm. to be bold bold in preaching. Mm. You will stand before God, mm. who is the righteous, pure God. Mm-hmm. He's not vindictive. He's not a nasty, r- raging God. But he's a God of holiness and purity mm. and righteousness. All the things that we sort of want, in many ways, uh, God to be. You know, what mm. do we want? An unjust God? A God that doesn't care about sin and says oh it doesn't really matter god that doesn't care about you know um wrath uh, you know he's he's not wrathful he's not angry a, a pedophile or a rapist or a murderer or lying or you know mm. he's the god of truth and he's got and the god of love and we've been unloving and untruthful and that is a burden upon us mm. and we are to st- we're going to stand before the god you know as you said the the ten commandments who even knows them today mm. yeah uh, you know, so um, you know, can can well, we've been out on the streets and asked people what the Ten Commandments are, and it's basically love yourself, isn't it? <laughs> Which is not right. Mm. It's to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbour as yourself. That's the summary. Mm. And we haven't loved God and we haven't loved our neighbour, and therefore there is this burden mm. on us, mm. whether we feel it or not. It's great if you feel it because it might make you run. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so part of our preaching, um, in one sense, is not evangelist. Mm. 
it's law, isn't yeah. it? Mm. To get people to say, oh, I feel guilty. Then we do the, well, Pointing. run, run yeah. to the, run to the, yeah. the way of salvation. Mm. And I mean, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? The, the sort of difference between this age and ours. Um, so, if, you know, he's saying, uh, I'm not willing to die, nor am I able to come to judgment. Mm. And then evangelist says, why are you not willing to die? Since this life is attended with so many troubles, mm. we might put it: Why are you not willing to die? Since this life is so wonderful, mm. and uh, you've got so much to enjoy, and there's so much ahead of you. Um, but he's saying, Why are you not willing to? Die? This life's terrible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're going to get sick. You're going to get uh, the plague. Uh, yeah. Your yeah. legs going to rot off. Don't you want to die? Escape this? Well, <laughs> you know. Whereas we would say, I'm not willing to die. I've got there's so much I want to do. You know. So, yeah. um, I mean, again, it's funny, isn't it? Because we we see. The death of a child, and that, you know, naturally that is a is an awful thing, isn't it? Um, but you can see the death of a child as an utter disaster, and that child may well be a Christian who loves Christ, mm. who's had his sins forgiven. But then when an old bloke dies, oh, he's had a good innings. Mm. Yeah, but he may not be ready for Christ, mm. and that's a disaster, isn't it? Mm. So, <coughs> you know, that's... That's what we've got to be asking. So yeah. there's a lot I think we can learn as preachers in this. Um, yeah, flee, mm. flee from the wrath to come. Mm. Maybe, maybe that should be our text on Sunday. Good stuff. Well, that's that's literally a page and a half. Um, <laughs> so we're going to um, yeah, we're going to enjoy this. So next time we're going to have a think about uh, what happens after Christian. Uh, He's not called Christian at this point, no, is he? He's, he's not, not no, no um, pilgrim or whatever. He's just a man. Um, obstinate and pliable. These are the two uh, characters that he meets next. And uh, so do join us. And the Slough of Despond. The Slough of Despond. And Help, which and is help. my favourite character. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Help. <laughs> Tune in for more impressions of Help next time. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a Cornerstone Church Kingston podcast. You can go on to cornerstonechurchkingston.org and uh, look up sermons. Uh, we did. Uh, some years ago, didn't we? We preached through uh, the Pilgrim's Progress, and uh, you maybe—I'm not sure—you may be able to find those recordings online. Um, but do tune in for the next uh, the next instalment of this soon.